Sunday morning discussion on weekend view. That's the higher, higher, better together FIFA World Cup 2022 official soundtrack. And FIFA President Gianni Infantino yesterday accused the World Cup critics of hypocrisy during a news conference on the eve of the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Infantino's comments came a day before the World Cup begins in a country which has been criticized over a range of issues since it was named as host of the tournament 12 years ago, including allegations of human rights violations and treatment of migrant workers. Our Vincent Sitsula reports. Homosexuality is illegal in the consecutive Muslim country, and some soccer players have raised concerns for fans traveling to the event, especially lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender individuals and women. Who writes groups says Qatari laws discriminate against them, but World Cup organizers have repeatedly said that everyone, no matter their sexual orientation or background, is welcome during the tournament. The Qatar World Cup is the first to be held in a Muslim country with strict controls on alcohol, presenting challenges for the organizers of an event sponsored by a beer brand and often associated with beer drinking fans. FIFA announced on Friday that alcoholic beer will not be sold at stadiums, a last-minute reversal that raised questions among some supporters about Qatar's ability to deliver on promises made to fans. Here is FIFA President Gianni Infantino. We are told many, many lessons from some Europeans from the Western world. I'm European. Actually, I am. European, not just I feel European. I think for what we Europeans have been doing in the last 3,000 years around the world, we should be apologizing for the next 3,000 years before starting to give moral lessons to people. Meanwhile, the countdown is on, and residents in the city of Alcor in northern Qatar are ready to welcome the world. The city is home to the newly built Al Bayt Stadium, which will host the opening match when Qatar opens the tournament against Ecuador on Sunday. The coastal city, about 50 kilometers north of Doha, is known for its fishing industry and natural pearl trade. Visitors will also be charmed by landmarks like the old Alco Mosque and the turn of the century Alco Towers. Meanwhile, Salima Mukansanga, one of the three female referees who will officiate at the Men's World Cup for the first time, says they have not been chosen simply based on their gender, but because they deserve the chance. Rwanda's Mukansanga, Yamashita Yoshimi of Japan, and French woman Stephanie Frappard, along with three female assistant referees, have been selected for the World Cup. Here is Mukansanga. Uh, we are here because we deserve to be here. So back our confederation or back at home, this is the other level. So this is the biggest level of football. So being here, it means we deserve to be here. It's not a chance. It's not uh, because we are women. We have been working hard to be here and we deserve to be here so that we are going to work hard and then to show the world that we deserve to be here and we want to win. Female referees will not face restrictions based on cultural or religious grounds in matches involving consecutive nations such as Iran, Saudi Arabia or Qatar. I'm Vincent Sisula in Johannesburg. To discuss uh, this further with us uh, this morning, we're joined on the line by Janet Witten, SAFM Sports Anchor, Matthews and Peter, Daily Sun Sports Editor and Coach of South Africa's Under-17 Women's National Football Team, Simpiwe Lulu. 
uh, will be our guest for our Sunday discussion. Let me take a few of your comments before we, we jump into the uh, conversation here. Uh, Tulani says, they knew from the beginning that uh, Qatar is a Muslim country and things like uh, alcohol and homosexuality are not allowed. And lastly, in the country that can lift the trophy, Brazil, Germany, Belgium, and possibly Argentina and the Netherlands are favorites. Uh, and Africa can produce a surprise of the tournament and at least proceed to the finals. That's uh, from uh, from Tulani there. Um, and uh, See, Paul Pierce says, excellent speech by FIFA president, uh, but uh, why was Russia banned in this World Cup? And Bramora says, every World Cup has its own controversy, and I applaud the Qatari government for standing firm on their laws against the West. I don't have a favorite to support, although I'm from Ghana, but I, I don't believe in the Black Stars uh, to even <laughs> to even smell the trophy, says, says Bramora. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right. Let, let's jump straight in. Janet, let me start with you. Good morning. Um, it, it's, morning. It's, it's quite exciting. At least you, you get the sense that... Uh, you know, c- comparatively to other World Cups, the, the energy is, is a bit different here. But we hope by by kickoff later this evening that that football fever. This is the greatest football spectacle, really. That that fever, that excitement, you hope will will be there. It has been a strange build-up to the tournament. I agree. Um, it does seem there's been so much focus on on what's happening, what has happened off the field, and um, the controversy over Qatar actually ha- having it. And that's been right from the very start. Because remember, there was some controversy when when Qatar were initially announced as the as the host for this particular World Cup. So th- th- that controversy has never gone away. It hasn't suddenly appeared mm. in the few weeks before the World Cup. So it's been a strange build-up to the tournament. Um, in in that sense where the focus at no point has actually been on the football yet. I think that that will probably change as we start playing matches. Um, But I don't think that it's going to go away. I think that these issues are going to happen. And when FIFA make decisions, and I have to say I I find it very strange, decisions like they've made in the last two days where they've suddenly brought in special armbands for the captains where because they knew that a lot of the countries that got together and were going to wear the one love armband mm. the sudden um, ban of alcohol within the stadiums when that had been announced months and months ago yeah. that there were certain places within the stadium where alcohol will be allowed. Changing the goalposts like that is not going to help the cause. And, and, and Jenna, just staying with you for for a moment, you know, over over the years as well, the the corruption um, at, at at FIFA, the issues around major tournaments of of this nature, it just brings you back to to those sort of things that that now suddenly they're able to to shift goalposts here. You, you wonder what ex, you know the, the politics um, of of uh, the you know f- football's governing body essentially. I think are coming to the fore once again, even though there's there's been uh, a change of leadership over the years. There has been a change of leadership over the years, and in the context of, of, of Qatar being awarded the World Cup, remember Gianni Infantino wasn't the head of FIFA when that decision was made. So he, he inherited this World Cup, if you like, in, the, in that context. Yet he's, the, he's been the most vociferous supporter of Qatar holding the World Cup. You know, um, some of the some of the criticism doesn't does have to be considered in the context of where it comes from. Um, there's this, you know, there was there was controversy when we got it. There was yeah. controversy when Russia got it. There was controversy when Qatar got it. And a lot of that criticism comes from comes from the big European nations who almost feel like you know they they they, you know, with the exception of Brazil and Argentina. 
all of the big Europe, all of the big big soccer countries in the world are European, so the World Cup should be had there. Holding it in a place like Japan or South Africa, in my opinion, maybe it's because I'm an African, maybe it's because I come from one of those lesser soccer nations. Mm, um, mm. You know, is 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 good for the game. It's the right thing to do. Um, and taking it to the Middle East, I don't think it is the wrong thing to do. Do you not hold some uh, an event somewhere because you disagree with the politics of that place? Um, you know, that's, a, that's the question that's being asked at the moment, mm-hmm. and that's the question mm-hmm. that's being debated. And once you do that, do you accept that they have moral stands that are different from yours? And, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? I think what's interesting is that, um, you know, if you look at this in the context of, of, of what's become known as sports washing, yeah. Um, it, that came to the fore, particularly during the, the whole Live Golf um, um, controversy um, with the Saudi government backing Live, uh, Greg Norman's Live Golf and all the money that they're holding. But what has happened, what, what uh, the, the contrary to that is that it, it brought a huge focus on human rights issues in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what's happened here in Qatar as well. There's been a huge focus on migrant workers and the treatment of migrant workers. And most of the teams players have gone to meet migrant workers and um, and have had meetings with them and practices with them and little coaching sessions sure. with them. There's been a focus on migrant workers that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Mm, mm, absolutely. Matthews, let me bring you into, into the conversation. In a moment, we'll, we'll get to what we can expect on, on the field of play. But, but, but just on, on, I suppose, the the, the business um, and around it, right? The um, not selling alcohol in 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 the in the stadium. Uh, sure, maybe it changes the experience that fans are, are are likely to have. Of course, the big one is a major major alcohol sponsor loses a, a, a lot of money there. But but is it entirely a bad thing um, to to have people uh, perhaps in a in a, a lot more uh, in a better state of of sobriety than what would otherwise be be the case? And you know, at a spectacle of this nature. <laughs> well, most definitely, but um, um, look, um, each and every soccer World Cup, it's got its own uh, experiences. And yeah. like uh, Sir Blatter have said, you know, they made a big mistake, you know, by taking the World Cup to Qatar. But I think to, uh, um, I beg to differ a bit, you know, because each and every country in the world, they've got, uh, you know, the right to uh, host the World Cup. And in this case, mm-hmm. Qatar, they've got, uh, you know, the, uh, they've won the beat, you know, to host the World Cup, and now they are the host of the World Cup. And uh, we know the Muslim uh, um, culture of uh, operations. I mean, I have been to uh, Qatar numerous times, and it's not like alcohol is not there in the country. Mm. You can only drink alcohol in your hotel rooms. And now these guys, I mean, I think they've... uh, sort of compromised to say alcohol can only be sold at, uh, you know, fan parks, but not at a stadium. And uh, I mean, it's in about 10, you know, from Friday. Mm-hmm. That's when they came up with that uh, decision. And when it comes to uh, the migrant workers and stuff like that, I think it happens, you know. It's all about uh, the hypocrisy, you know, that's come from uh, European countries. And mm-hmm. on the matter of alcohol, again, it's not like it's only Qatar, you know, is doing it. Because I remember in Russia, it was the same. Even in France, it was the same. Because uh, alcohol, um, they reckon, I mean, uh, it uh, exacerbates the situation, especially coming from uh, the English hooligans, as they call them. Yeah. So um, even in Qatar, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the World Cup will uh, take place 28 days. Everybody will enjoy the World Cup. 
I, I, I think uh, the most important thing for now, let's focus on the field of play and leave the politics, you know, for politicians to deal with them. We are soccer people. We focus on soccer. However, there is, uh, you know, the problem of uh, sponsorship, like Budweiser in this case mm. and many others. The LOC in... Um, the other ones will have to fit the bid, you know, for Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. The issue, Matthew, is on, on also the, the timing as well. Ordinarily, this would happen in the middle of, of, of the year, of a, a June, May, June or so. But because of, of, of the heat there, it's been moved to later on in the year as well. It, it's, it's still relatively warm as well. Um, how, how, in your view, has, has this also just impacted, I suppose, how, how the world plans or prepares or gets ready for, for this sort of thing? it will impact a lot of our European teams. And um, the reason why they moved it, it was because of uh, the sweltering heat. And remember, Qatar, it's got uh, this uh, humidity, and it's worse than that in Devon, you know, or worse than any in uh, uh, um, in the world. So yeah. the Middle East, um, it's got uh, the worst uh, humidity ever, you know, um, in the world. So what's going to happen? Or a lot of countries in Europe, you know, the ones that are going to be affected by this, they went to Qatar, I think, about two weeks, you know, before the yeah. actual tournament and kicks off so that they can acclimatize their bodies uh, to those uh, temperatures. And most of the matches will be played at least at night. And all of them, you know, they would be having these uh, uh, cooling systems, you know, that will be there because uh, European teams, it's, it's not going to be an easy one for any team, you know, to win matches this time around. This is going to be the real tester of the World Cup now. Absolutely. We're bringing an um, SA coach of under-17 women's national team, uh, Simpiwe Lulu, joining us as well on the line. Coach, it's great to speak to you. Let, let's just stick to this, the theme of uh, how you prepare for, for these sort of sort of weather conditions for, for many of the players. Of course, it would be would be rather unfamiliar. I imagine, um, uh, you know, you, you have to approach it differently as well, playing at a different time of, of the day. Um, in, 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 your, in your view, how, how would coaches have, have prepared... Uh, uh, players and so on for for these conditions. I think um, you just touched on it now um, from the previous point to say uh, it's important for the teams to arrive uh, early to acclimatize. Like USA is the first team to arrive. They arrived I think on the 9th or 10th of November in Qatar because they come from different weather completely in America as well. You know, and so it's important for you to go there on time. I think also when you play friendly, try to play friendly in similar conditions prior to going to the World Cup uh, so that you, you test yourself because sometimes just coming few weeks into the weather might be different, you know, so if you go in, you get to experience different types of weather, the time of it, because uh, probably you come from another continent, like you look at USA, they come from um, America, and the time zones are different, you know, you are in yeah. the Middle East, the yeah. time zones are different, so you take a lot of things into consideration, because also remember some of these, most of the players don't come from the same place, uh, except Ecuador and Qatar, they are players as all the, the whole squad, they come from uh, Qatar, they come from Ecuador, for example. So those players are acclimatized. They know exactly what it feels like to play in those conditions. So everyone else is going to find challenges with that, even if they could be cooling systems. To be honest, with the pressure of the game, the, mm. you know, um, the weather that could change in a day, you know. And also, here's the other thing that nobody is taking consideration of. Naturally, generally, your body, when it comes to October, your body says it's almost end of the year, it's almost festive, so you also want 
that break. And now the coaches are having to work harder to convince their players that you are at the World Cup. Your body must not yeah. be in to being tired and all of that. Because when you compare it to June, June, remember, in April, May, the leagues would have concluded and everybody has a mini break. Then they go to the World Cup. Mm -hmm. They have enough time. Because this one, this World Cup is very weird, to be quite honest. Because, I mean, seven days, two days, some teams are still playing. Some teams only stopped playing a week ago. And players couldn't even recover when it comes to injuries. So the, all of that will have a lot um, of an impact in teams that are going there to acclimatize because they didn't have enough time. Normally you find 30 days, um, 48 days before you kick off with the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Teams have stopped playing domestically in the leagues and so forth. So um, it's important for the coach themselves to go there. So probably when the draw was made and all of that, the coaches, the staff, had gone there to see the places, the distance of traveling, the places, sure. the, um, the weather, what it feels like to train there a bit, you know. So um, absolutely, teams are going to find it really, really hard to, you know, bring their 100% and any best game there because mm. weather is always impactful. How long do you warm up? Um, especially how long do you train sure. preparing for those matches? Because if you train too long in extremely hot conditions, the body takes a beating. If you train shorter, the body still takes a beating. So you need to find a balance. Sports yeah. science really needs to come into it. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I wonder if it's going to affect the quality of football that, that we'll get to see over the next month. I've been asking our listeners uh, to give us their views on 0826923909. Let's take a listen to one or two. Hi, SAPC is making a big fuss about the World Cup. There's not even one South African team. There are no South Africans taking part in this World Cup at all. Last month, the World T20 World Cup took place in New Zealand and Australia. We didn't see that. Last night, the Springboks played Italy. We didn't see that. Next week, Springboks are playing England. We won't see that. Mike Islander. Good morning. I'm an African. I love Africa. Africa, my home, Africa, my land. Those clubs that are there in Qatar, in the World Cup, they are good. They are playing good football. Mara, I'm very sorry for them. Uh, one of the clubs can be my second choice, uh, Senegal. But number one club that I'm supporting now, that I think is going to do the best or can even win, is the former final of last World Cup, Croatia. This is my club that I think this time around is going to take it. Good morning. Oh, Croatia is, is in a tough group also with uh, uh, Belgium. Uh, I think probably that's, that's their toughest competitor than Group F, Belgium. There's also Morocco and, and Canada in that group, but <laughs> hoping Croatia does, does make it out there. Janet, let's let's go let's go to uh, the the action in the field of play. Maybe you want to comment on on Mike's comment that why are we even bothered? We we we're not there. Why are we making a noise about this? But of course, it's a global spectacle. We love football. That that's why we're on about it. C tell me about the groups and where you're expecting the most action and and perhaps one or two surprises. Um, yes, I, I appreciate what Mike is actually saying. Uh, what, what he's saying, but um, the reality is that. People, there are more people in the world that support soccer than support any other 
cricket in the greater scheme of things is a fairly small event. So it doesn't matter that South Africa are not there. We've had lots of World Cups when South Africa are there. People will watch the games and people do want to watch the games. Yeah. And unfortunately, without changing the subject entirely, his, his, his complaint to the SAB specifically is about rights. We didn't have the rights for the T20 World Cup. It is as simple as that. But we have managed to get some rights for, for the FIFA World Cup. We share them with Supersport. Yeah. Um, so that is that, that's the short answer to a very complicated question. In terms of the group, yes, um, I think that, that um, as far as the African teams are concerned, Senegal were certainly the team that I think most people, the African team that most people thought were going to do, do, do well. Without Sadio Mane, it becomes a little mm. bit complicated. And, um, and that is another interesting development that happened this morning. You may not have even heard because I only heard just literally a minute before we came on air. Um, and one of the other favorites is France. Um, they've been playing pretty well. And Karim Benzema, the player of the year, the, the, the Ballon d'Or winner, is out of the World oh, Cup. No. He's playing. Oh, That's no. breaking news this morning. Um, he's also injured. Um, oh, so and, and this actually this actually speaks to 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 what we've been discussing already so far sure. in the timing of this World Cup. Um, injuries have become a real real big issue. There've been a lot of players that have dropped out of their teams this week, um, and it has a lot to do with the timing of the World Cup and when they're going to be playing. I think even without Benzema, France are going to be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, England are one of those teams where you know you've got to mention them, but. Um, you know, they, they underperform so badly at some of these events. Belgium, possibly the same. Belgium have had, had this team of a generation for a few years, and they don't really have a lot to show for it. Mm. Um, I think Brazil and Argentina are always going to be threatening. Germany don't have the best team that they've had for a long time, but I do think that they're good enough. Um, but, um, you know, we mentioned teams teams like Croatia. They came, we, we didn't expect them in the final last time and they got there. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of teams that could, could make it. Um, yeah. I don't think the African teams are going to be up there. I do hope that we get at least one or two teams into the quarterfinal. Matthews, uh, South Africans or many, I, you know, myself included, probably still a bit ticked off about uh, what transpired with Ghana um, against us over the last couple of months. But uh, this is the time to put it aside, hey? And and uh, you know, if any if any of them get get as far as possible, uh, let's let, let's back them. If it's not Senegal, might it be Ghana? In your view? Definitely, I think everybody, um, especially coming from Africa, then we 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 sort of automatically, you know, have got five teams that we have to support first before we go to uh, Croatia, before we go to uh, Netherlands, before we go to Brazil. Those are our teams because uh, um, uh, everybody wants uh, an African team to uh, win the World Cup. Remember that none of uh, the African teams have gone past, you know, the group stages mm-hmm. in the World Cup. So now we're looking at, uh, you know, teams like your uh, Senegal. Everybody is rooting for. Senegal, you know, we're looking for um, Tunisia. We, I mean, we expect these guys, you know, to uh, do as much as they could. But now, for me, as you were talking about the groups, I'm looking at A and E. Um, those are the sort of groups. I think in A, these are the uh, in Ecuador. I don't see these guys, you know, going past the uh, group stages. But yeah. for Senegal and Netherlands, you know, in Group A, these are the guys. Uh, these are the big boys, you know, who are going to. I mean, fight it out, you know, during this uh, World Cup. But it will start today. And also uh, that, uh, you know, in uh, the other groups, we've got uh, better teams. I'm not saying, I'm not ruling them out, but these are the uh, groups that I'm looking at. 
I've got Group E where we've got Spain, Germany, and uh, your Japan. Because Japan might surprise a lot of teams as well as South Korea because of uh, the uh, system that they have used. I think it's a Red Bull system, they call it, whereby they have uh, um, inculcated you know, a lot of... Uh, um, and strategic uh, ways of approaching the World Cups. I remember it was also done by Germany, who have done exceptionally well, you know, especially after adopting the very same philosophy. So hopefully now um, we would see either Japan, Germany, Spain, you know, your Netherlands, you know, some of those teams are winning this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Coach, it's a big one for um, Portugal's Ronaldo and Argentina's Messi. Um, we imagine this would be their last uh, their last World Cups. Uh, any chances that that these these two giants of of the game may may uh, perhaps do something spectacular to lead to lead their their countries as close as possible to the championship? Interesting that uh, the two goats, one of them has been in media for obvious reasons with <laughs> Menu and all of that, yeah. getting closer to retiring, and the other goat, Messi. It's just been quiet and subtle about him because I think his move to PSG hasn't made a brouhaha, and he's just been going out, you know, going on with his business, and everybody's excited to see what he's been doing because he hasn't been seen so much on TV, you know. Um. Ronaldo, I think for him, uh, this might be, both of them actually might be their last World Cup, mm. um, especially with uh, Ronaldo, because, I mean, his age, you look at Messi, is only 35, Ronaldo's 37, and club level, he isn't, they both not seen so much, but Messi has been great in pulling that PSG team whenever he's come on, whenever he starts, I mean, you know, um, the likes of Mbappe has been benefiting from him and his creativity, you know. And also, um, this thing with Ronaldo could impact his team uh, in a bad way because, remember, he's got teammates from Man U mm. that play with him in Portugal, you know, and they are looking at him to say, but, my guy, you are not playing anymore in the club and all of that, and you are bringing your things to the national team as well. And we, he's still going to be the leader for that um team but you know so so those things are going to be taken into consideration we saw what happened with your Ghanas, with your other African teams that had problems with flares amongst each other mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, coming to the world cup and i mean if you if you think about it portugal as a team i think they do spend a good chance a good chance because of the players that they've brought in they've also brought in a lot of players that are playing in europe but doing well um you look at the teams that have been uh, competing for the past year and a half, Portugal is number one. They've played over and about 30,000 minutes preparing for this World Cup. Sure. So, And Qatar is the least. Qatar have only played about 2,000 uh, minutes. So you can just imagine the preparation, <laughs> you know, the contrast between those. And uh, Argentina is somewhere in the middle uh, because mm. they they experience. They've been to the World Cup. They know what it means, how they need to be preparing and all of that. Yeah. And you look at Portugal also. I mean, they were close to 
you know, getting into uh, great positions in the World Cup, but in the Euro as well, they did well. Sure. So I think they'll be taking that experience and energy to say, we can do this, they yeah. believe, and they'll go into it. Because if a team takes time to prepare and bring and assemble the best squad, it means they're taking politics away. They need to make sure that they've got the best team that can come forward. I'm also excited to see what Argentina will do because I think this time around, I mean, the last time they looked like clowns was when Maradona was their coach in 2010 and they didn't really do so well. Yeah. You yeah. know, so right, I think coach, this time around they'll be better. Let's, let's see let's see how it all plays out for, for both the GOATs and, and, and those two uh, big countries. Let me thank you all for your time. Janet Witten, SAFM Sports anchor, Matthew Zimpitu, Daily Sun Sports editor and coach uh, Simpiwe Lulu, uh, coach of under-17 women's national football team. Thank you all for your time.